You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. one 800 060-896 or visit Never comes to the turn. 28-4 leads by four metres in second place giving chase is Sky Lou. Never ending in front. Sky Lou's a massive danger. It's over. Sky Lou, Madison Brown is going to upset her partner, Gary Hall Jr. And Sky Lou has won the derby brilliantly. Sky Lou from Never Ending and third on the Black Flash absolutely rocketed home through the middle and grabbed it on the line from Rolling Fire. You wouldn't mind too much, would you, if your partner beat you there? Gary Hall's about to join Chris Barsby, Gary Hall Jr. I was looking at his record, Chris. It's extraordinary, isn't it? 41 years of age, almost 4,000 career winners, almost, well, 65 Group 1 wins, and prize money amassed by horses he's driven, almost $50 million. One of the all-time greats, Steve, there's no doubt about it. And still, in the prime of his career, some may even say that he hasn't even reached his peak yet. So it's frightening to think where he could end up by the time he calls it a day as far as a harness racing driver is concerned. There's a lot to talk about. There always is with Junior, and he joins us online now. Junior, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Chris. Uh, I'd like to hey. see that find the people who uh, haven't reached my peak yet. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've you've reached your peak? Oh well, I'm I'm not getting any younger. I know that. Mm. The grey hair's kicking in. I know that. No, gone past that. We're we're onto the white. Gary, if someone said to you what makes you a brilliant drive, if you had to describe, you know, your your attributes and your opinion, can you just take us through that? Uh. Yeah, probably the the scary thought of what I'd be doing if I couldn't drive. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I left um, I left school at I think end of year nine. I uh, didn't have any sort of passion to want to do anything else, and uh, the idea of doing something I love, you know, obviously appealed to me. And I'd probably started driving, and you know, it wasn't until probably a year into my driving that I was starting to think, well, what if I don't make it with what, you know, what have I got left after this? But, um, and most people will tell you, um, you know, I didn't look like I was going to make it at all in my first year, probably my first two years even. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I don't know what happened or what made the penny drop, but um, as I said, like looking back at it now, I, I didn't have much choice. It was either sink or swim, basically. Now, another thing that most wouldn't realise, and this is not completely uncommon, I think there's a few others out there that deal with horses, but you've got a, an allergy to horses. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, horses and dust, apparently. So <laughs> it's a pretty good, pretty good combination uh, for a harness <laughs> racing driver, that's for sure. Um, it's part of the reason I wear the mask. Um, another reason is I had a... Um, I got like a um, infection on, like on the above, on the top of my lip, and it spread, started spreading all around my lips um, from shaving one time. Um, and yeah, so then I started. I wore the mask just to keep the wounds clean. And then I realised they were a really good thing to wear because, you know, they um, they just kept kept your face clean. We get a lot of dirt and stuff, you know, in in your nostrils and in your ears and things like that. So a lot of people actually wear them now. And when you forget one and you go out there without it, you uh, really notice the difference. So I, I would have worn one years ago if I'd, uh, if I'd um, got my hands on one. Yeah. So how are you faring then? Like you had that 
heatwave last week. So is it hot when you when you're driving with the helmet and the and the mask on? Yeah, it is. It does. Uh, last Tuesday and last Friday was was it gets a little bit unbearable. But uh, um, the yeah, the masks they got now, they can get some ones that like they're really like they're really thin material. You can sort of see through them even when you're pulling them on over your over your face. But uh, if it's too hot, I just yeah, I usually soak mine in cold water before I go out, and then you know bring it right out and put it on. That actually keeps you probably cooler than what you would be normally anyway. But um, yeah, I, I prefer I probably say I prefer the heat over the over the wet and and muddy anyway. So uh, when you got them on and it starts raining, that becomes a bit of an issue. <laughs> you 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 soon can't breathe, so you got to pull them off. But um, yeah, the, the the heat is it's been crazy over here at the moment. I think we've got another week now of 40, which is um, yeah, I'm sure everyone's had enough of it. But uh, it's what we do, and we work outdoors, so we've got to put up with it. Yeah, and just furthermore to Steve's question, what makes you stand out? How much form do you do? Like going into a Friday night meeting, are you one that's constantly looking at form or because you compete so often you don't have to refer to the form as much? Uh, I, I don't... I think I I think I could probably do a little bit more than what I do do, but I, I, I try and rely on um, having been out there so often, especially against the Friday night horses, that I, I just sort of rely on that mainly. I think a lot of drivers, well I know a lot of drivers here, uh, fall into the trap of doing too much form and I think then when they drive it sort of restricts what they do and, and you know sometimes after a race they they say oh I thought to do this but you know that stopped me or you know um, and things like that whereas I just sort of try to keep it pretty simple. Um, you know drive first and foremost to my horse's capabilities and then and then take the rest from there. But, you know, if you're going around every Friday, you probably generally know most of the horses. The ones I do check up on are new ones, the things like gate speed and that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you can sort of complicate things too much by doing too much form. But um, you've got to find a happy medium somewhere. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, I wanted to speak to you this morning primarily about Never Ending. We just replayed the derby there. Uh, Sky Lewis yeah, up to get you that. down. Just, just on that, how much grief have you caught from both Madison and your dad following that derby result? <laughs> Not as much from senior as I would have thought. Uh, yeah, I think he probably realised I was, you know, a little bit um, cut up by it. But, um, yeah, I, I knew that horse, you know, Skyler, would, would run a good race. He's a really nice horse. And, you know, when you look at the replay and see how far they beat the rest of the field by, it just gives you an idea of, of how well they both went in that race because I think they both well I know I certainly did they you know over raced in the run and I think Skylu did as well so uh, yeah they, they both went really good Madison gave me grief but it wasn't about beating me it was more so about me not congratulating her straight over the line you know I was probably a little bit probably a little bit awful by me because you know like a, a win like that for her was a, a, a big thing and a special thing and um, you know that's a, that's a major group one that she took out and she would have been she would have been stoked, um, and for me not to say anything to her, she was—I think she was sort of waiting for it, and it wasn't until the next day where I congratulated her. But um, yeah, it's not a nice feeling getting beat on one that short in a race like that, and especially a like him, who who we think is a real deal going all the way. So uh, yeah, it was—it um, was a bit of sweet, that's for sure. Mm. I, I tell you what, it kept a fair year for Madison. Uh, she had a standout year in 2023. Yeah, she did. Uh, amazing year. That was really. I think um, you know the one for me was the was the I think it was APG Phillies race on her um, on her dad's horse 
um, I think that's what it was, the, the Phillies final. Anyway, she, um, yeah, you know, that was, she'd gone so close in a couple of Group 1 mares races with, um, I think, 55 reborn for her dad, and I knew uh, actually a couple of them, or one of them at least, I, I might have knocked her off right on the post, uh, and she um, was 18 carat, but she, like, you know, I know how much it means to win a race like that for your family, especially her, the family being involved their whole life. So, so um, yeah, and she's one of three girls from the Brown table who, and she's the only one that's actively involved in the industry. So, um, yeah, to see her win that race for her dad, I think, was was really special, and I, I know it would have meant a lot for her. She doesn't get very emotional, Madison, but, um, yeah, that was a, a big achievement for her, and just for her family, I know it meant a lot. But the, the Nugget win, I think, was a big one as well, and that's probably with a salute. It's about as much emotion as I've ever seen in a show. So, yeah, they, um, yeah it's, a, it's a good feeling. It's, it's hard to describe the feeling in a race like that. It's, it's something you um, you never get sick of, and, yeah, you can never sort of... It's even watching replays afterwards. It's hard to replicate the feeling on the night. Mm. Well, that's excellent. Let's talk about Never Ending now. Uh, the big news coming through that he's the first horse that secured a slot for the world's richest race, the Tab Eureka. Um, I, I know you're not shocked by it. Um, they've got in early, though. Yeah, they have. I think uh, I think there was talk somewhere. I, I heard that Rob Watson uh, might have sort of uh, waited too late last year uh, and, and got left sort of um, shopping around late uh, for, a, for a horse, I think, um, for his slot. So he got in early, yeah. Uh, I think Justin was obviously, yeah, I, I think he's probably lucky that Justin's locked himself in so early as well because it's not something he'd usually do, but it just goes to show you his opinion of the horse, I think, uh, for him to commit to something like this this far out. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a pretty good sign. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he comes through everything and he gets there fit and well and, and we see the right horse because, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's the real deal. Mm. By getting in early, one of the, the bonuses or benefits by uh, being one of the first chosen, you can really plot your path towards that race so everything can be done quite meticulously. You're not left uh, at the last minute scrambling. So that's a good thing. And Justin, as we know, he, he is a world-class trainer. He'll have him primed and ready to go right down to the very last second. Yeah, he's. Um, I think it's part of the reason he is happy to not drive himself. Uh, just the amount of effort and time, and and just how meticulous he is with his training. He he'd hate to think that he you know, let himself down as a driver. Uh, and yeah, I I don't often feel pressured in races or you know with the expectation and things like that. But um, Justin's not one one to ever really blew you or anything like that. But you just feel an extra sense of pressure with him because of the, you know, the fact of, I, I just know how how particular he is with his things and his training and also his planning with the horses. You know, he uh, he spoke to me about this race a little while ago and, and he, was, he was keen to head in that direction. So, yeah, he, w- he would have a path, no doubt, picked out for this horse. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's many better at preparing horses for big races than him. So, um, yeah, hopefully... Like I said, hopefully the horse can get there and, and he can be fit and healthy and uh, and I can deliver on the day. Does that include your dad? Because I wanted to ask, is there any sort of similarities in the way they go about it, Justin, and, and Senior? Like, you, your dad's a Hall of Famer. He's trained so many great ones. Is there any sort of comparisons that can be drawn between the two? Uh, I think they're just both great conditioners, obviously, with their horses. I've never actually... 
you know, worked with Justin or been... I've done a bit of track work for him from time to time, but, you know, that was, um, you know, once or twice. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, you've got to have that eye. You've got to have that eye that tells you when you're doing too much or too little. And it's a hard thing to... It's a hard thing to do. It is. It is a gift. Um, you know, obviously there's plenty of players we've seen that can do it and can prepare them for those big ones. But you know, the planning of it that goes into it and and you know, setting the path, I think, is the biggest thing. And making sure that you've got them at the stages you need to be along the way. Um, you know, seeing his record in the pacing cup and things like that is is second to none. And I'm not sure it'll ever get ever get caught up to his record in those races. So. Um, you know, you'd have to say that's not a fluke. Mm, yeah, there's no doubt about that. So he's locked in for the Tab Eureka. What about the Nullarbor upcoming? Is he likely to push for a start in that race? I think he would, yeah. Um, I, I assume so. And um, But, yeah, this is all obviously based on, you know, what, where Justin thinks he's at and, and how he's going. But um, I, I'm not sure he's too far away from starting Dustin uh, I think he told me oh he's actually on his way to New Zealand this morning actually Dustin so he said that'll he's gone for six days or a week but that'll probably set his first start back the same amount of time just because he doesn't want to have any hard hit outs while he's not not at home so but he is pretty close I'm, I'm believing that he's nearly ready to start so um, hopefully we see him back uh, it's, it's easy sometimes to forget you know, how they felt or how good they actually were when you haven't sat behind them for a long time. But I remember some of the uh, wins he put up last time in and uh, the way he felt and, and the feeling he gave me. And, you know, I started comparing him to some pretty nice horses. So uh, I, I think he should only get better too. Well, he's won 12 from 14, placed in the two other starts. Just on that, so if he does push towards the board, does that potentially create a headache for you? Because I'm sure Senior's going to have something or maybe a few that even could get towards the Nullarbor. So will you have to make a decision at some stage? Uh, probably, but I think it's, I think at this stage it's a relatively easy one. I think we'd have, um, you know, Diego and Jack would obviously head that way. Um, yeah, Madison drives Diego and Stewie's uh, pretty well locked into jumping Jack Mack as well. So there's probably not a lot left here for me after them too. Um, there might be something come out of Woodbert, but at this stage, I think um, yeah, I, I think I'd be pretty happy to lock in with um, with Neverending. I heard a whisper that well, um, Leap to Fame is considering coming over for the Nullarbor. Is there any more news on that? Well, we spoke with Grant Dixon on Tuesday and uh, he caught us by surprise, but uh, he, he did outline that Kevin Seymour, the owner of Leap to Fame, has had some uh, conversations with uh, Perth officials, just wanting to find out whether or not it's a, a possibility. Grant was leaning more towards uh, New Zealand, the Cambridge race, so he said it's it's an option and it's on the table, but uh, they're probably leaning more towards New Zealand at this point. Yeah, OK. I'll tell Grant, the weather's better here and Kevin probably wants to come because I, I owe him a boat trip. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> How would he go over there, leap to fame, on that half-mile circuit? Uh, oh, he'd go well anywhere, wouldn't he? Surely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he... Yeah, you know, if he found found the front or even outside the leader at Gloucester Park, he, you know, he, I don't know a horse that could come from behind him and beat him.
how, know, hard, how hard is it to win from the death seat there in those big races at Gloucester? I always thinking that you're just in your standard free for alls. If you got a if you got a free for all horse that can breeze and win, uh, you know you got one that's pretty well. You know you'd, you'd say he's better than most. Uh, you, when you get up into the other races, the higher pressure races, the pacing cups and things like that, if you if you do breeze and win, we just, just obviously better than them. Um, it's it's often a, the best spot to be, provided you've got something in front that you think you've you know you can cover at any stage. Uh, you know that's. That's the thing. If you if you get someone like um, yeah, you know, you put a horse like Never Ending in front or, or Leap to Fame, and the Breeze is the last place you want to be. But um, yes, yeah, if some if one of the lesser likes is in front and, and Leap to Fame's in the Breeze, then there's no good place to be really uh, in, in, in the run. I wouldn't think. Um, so yeah, he yeah, I'd like to see him come here so I could see him race in the in the flesh. And um, but I wouldn't like to compete against him. I'd be happy if he doesn't come all the same. Yeah. So as it stands right now with the Nullarbor, and it's fast approaching, what's the number one seed there right now? Is it Magnificent Storm or is it Never Ending? Uh, Magnificent Storm, definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, Never Ending's still got to get there and do it in in that company. Storm, Storm's proven he can. Uh, I, I think Never Ending definitely can get there, but he's still got some fine tuning to do with his racing manners to, to make sure he's a... Um, you know the full package, and I, I just think if he gets to that point where he's where he's completely uh, a complete package racehorse, then you know then he's, then he's a definite Grand Circuit horse. Um, but I think Storm's already proven that he has, and it, it'd be probably disrespectful to him to say that Never Ending was the number one seed. But uh, that could change in time. But yeah, I, I think he'd have to have Storm number one. Yeah, what about last year's version with Magnificent Storm? Um, yeah, it was wasn't pretty. Yeah, it mm. wasn't. Was, um, I just, there was a funny race. I was on a horse, well, I was on Jack, and I just needed speed on. And when the um, Eastern States horse took off, I was really happy. Um, but that was that was short lived, you know, once once Storm stayed in, because that sort of took all the pace out of the race and gave us no chance. But um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great for the race. Wasn't great for WA either to see those two come over and just do that and and um, just dictate to us in our biggest race and um, yeah it wasn't wasn't pretty but that's what it was and hopefully this year there's a, there's a different result but if yeah, if Larry comes over and draws a good marble it could be a could be a walk in the park. Mm. Well, it will be interesting. Hey, a question I wanted to ask: What's the most exciting horse? in your dad's stable for our listeners. You've mentioned Diego Jumping Jack Mac, but is there something within the stable? Is it Skyloo? What's the most exciting horse in the barn right now? Yeah, there's. I think there's two. Uh, Skyloo's definitely one, and the other one's uh, what's the, Mr Smarty. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So both out of Mr. the derby last year. Yeah, Mr Smarty, I think, at this stage, I've got him ahead of Skyloo, but they, they both got their... You know, little issues that need definitely need some fine tuning. Uh, Mr. Smarty's a real quirky sort of horse, and we got told that from New Zealand that, he, that he's got his got his ways. But uh, yeah, he's got he's got huge ability. I think he I think he's you know he could go all the way. He was the sort of horse that I thought if he if he had a drawn to lead the Derby, it would have been. Like, I'm not sure Never Ending could have beaten him to be honest. Okay. All right. Well. We'll watch for Mr. Smarty going forward. How's your training career going? 
<laughs> Not bad. UDR is pretty good at the moment. <laughs> You've got a. Is it a runner tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, I got Regal Chevelle in tomorrow night. Madison's yeah. on him. Uh, he won last week, and yeah, he's going pretty good. Uh, the other horse I got, Mickey Jet. He he's quite a nice horse. He was a really good runner in the stand on Monday. He was twenty right short course stand, and he, um, he he bubbled away. And yeah, he was a he was a massive run to get beaten ahead. Uh, he's going to go around Tuesday. So I don't think there'd be any great price. The field's done out yet. He's in a pretty low class race and. Expecting to sort of win, I think he's a Friday night horse. So, uh, yeah, I've only got those two at the moment, and probably that's enough for me at the moment. But one or, one or two more come along, I'll, I'll I'll probably look at taking them. But another reason I probably made it as a driver too, Steve. I, I'm not real wrapped on the training side of things. It's too much work. <laughs> hey, hey, tell me this, just on Mickey Jet, he's the horse owned by Steve Lavar. It is, yes. Do you know Steve? Okay. Yeah, used to work with him. Yeah. Steve used to work yeah. with him too. Yeah, many years ago. He's like yeah. uh, Harry Connick Jr., popular with the ladies. <laughs> very yeah, popular. I got, I got told that a, a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's very settled now, but that was years ago when he was single. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, he's... Um, yeah, I don't know how I was lucky enough to, to lob Steve. He uh, messaged me on Messenger, actually, out of the blue and said, I've got this horse, would you interested in training it and I asked out about it and dad said I've been I know the horse well and we've been offered it a few times I just hadn't had anyone to buy it so that was Mickey Jet and um we didn't Mickey Noel back then and uh yeah they he sent him to me and when he actually he lives in Singapore so when he first came over and visited the horse at the stables the first question seeing asked him is how come he didn't ask him to train it <laughs> <laughs> he was insulted yeah, he was, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then he told him, oh, well, when, Ju when Junior can't get it going, uh, I'll, I'll take it over for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Great family support. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Hey, really appreciate the time this morning. I could chat all day, but uh, you've got a lot of work to do as a trainer, so uh, I'll let you get back to it, and uh, I'll be in touch. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. See ya. Mm. And just on Kevin's boat, I reckon Kevin's be about four times the size of yours. Oh, he's gone, is he? Uh, Gary Hall, Jr. We're about to talk about this big bloodstock sale for NZB coming up starting on the weekend, Chris. Next of all, as they turn as Rock and Roll Hammer, Don't Stop Dreaming, brought to the outside, is about to let down. And behind those runners then is on deadline. And sooner the better's running on as well. Captain's Knock has been joined by Don't Stop Dreaming. And in a blistering turn of foot, Don't Stop Dreaming has put pay to them. It's coming on with the job down the outside, sooner the better. And running a mighty race it was our victory. But when the line has reached, it's don't stop dreaming for the money. Don't stop dreaming first. Yes, a really serious young horse in New Zealand. Chris, of course, gave a leap to fame a bit of a fright. And that was quite brilliant. There's a mm. full relation going through the sale over the coming days in New Zealand. And Cam Bray is joining us from Caraca, from the sales complex, to talk about this big standard bread sale. Good morning, Cam. How are you, boys? You right? Good, thank you. When does this Better's Delight cult go through the re full relation to Don't Stop Dreaming? By the way, he's won 13 from 19, Don't Stop Dreaming. Yeah, he goes through on Wednesday, uh, so he's sort of towards the end of the uh, end of the sale. But, uh, you know, we're lucky enough to have a fall to him, and we've got a two or three, actually three quarters, being out of sisters of the dam of uh, Don't Stop Dreaming. So we're pretty lucky at the, at the moment. 
All right. Hey, Cam, uh, it, it's a big time for NZB Standard Bread. So the sales start Sunday. That's in the North Island at Caracca. And then you venture down to Christchurch Tuesday and Wednesday. Would I be right in saying the vibe over there within New Zealand harness racing right now is probably uh, better than it's been for a long time? Oh, yeah, no, it is. It is. It's huge. You know, obviously... Uh, the well-publicised um, uh, deal that the New Zealand TAB did with the injected a little bit of positivity and a bit of money into our industry. So things are on the up and up. And, uh, you know, we, we've been lucky enough to have now a two-year-old bonus scheme being put in place, you know, uh, and, and you guys, particularly in Queensland, have seen how good that is, a lot of those bonus schemes. Um, and a lot of now, a lot of two-year-old uh, Group 1 races have been put on. So, look, there's never been a better time to invest in, in bloodstock and race in New Zealand. And that slot race generates a lot of publicity, you know, when you start talking million-dollar races, you know, that race by Grins coming up in April. Yeah, we have the race by Grins. Lucky enough now to have the trot slot race too on the same night. So, like, you know, it, it, there's just a lot. There's a lot of different things going on in New Zealand harness racing. And, and to be fair, uh, we've seen a lot of negative over the years. We're, we're starting to turn the... Turn the worm. Cam, I know Chris is keen to ask you about some of the, the, the you know potential top lots going through. We talked about the fall to don't stop dreaming, but I'm not looking back at some of the horses that have come through the sale. Akuta, BD Joe, Coastal Bay, Millwood Nike, I think 17 from 17, Montana DJ, mm. Rock and Roll Duke, Krug. I mean, the list goes on and on. It is, and we're lucky enough, as you said, we've got the obviously don't stop dreaming. We've got a three quarters of Millwood Nike uh, in the sale. Um, you know, like the it's hard to get into that because you don't know where to start and where to stop because there just seems to be good horse after good horse, you know? Well, the catalogue certainly looks like it's going to stack up for 2024. What are you hearing from vendors, Cam? Are they hopeful? Are they confident that it's going to be a strong sale? I think we're, we're, we're quite optimistic, you know. We're also acutely aware that, yes, we have had quite a lot of positivity out there that, you know, the world economically isn't probably as great as it's been for a long time. You know, interest rates are bits and pieces. But again, you know, you look and temper all those those comments with the fact that hey, I've never been I've never been in an industry where it's been as positive as it is today. Um, so there's plenty of reason to, providing you got the cash. Okay. What about the big local players? Last year, Stonewall Stud they really stepped up to the mark. Are you expecting them to be dominant again this year? I think that they've indicated that they're going to be reasonably strong, along with you know a number of the other you know. The big stables we've had, you know, I've never seen Mark Purden and Nathan probably out as much looking at horses. You know, we've had just finished the tours, uh, which we run yearling tours throughout New Zealand prior to the sales, and we've never had the numbers we've had on them. So, yeah, it, it, it's all looking pretty good as far as that's concerned. What about the Aussie interest? Uh, Gene Fees, Dean Shannon, they're going to be active. We just spoke with Gary Hall Jr. He said that Justin Prentice is on his way today. So are you expecting yep. strong Aussie representation? Yes, we are. Yeah, no, we've, we've got a number of guys coming, particularly. We've always sold a lot of horses to Western Australia, so we do have a lot of Western Australian interest. We've got a number of clients coming from the eastern seaboard as well. So I think probably uh, I would suggest that we will have more than normal based on the registrations and interest we've had today, um, which is always a really positive sign. All right. All the great sides are there. They've all got uh, great representations. One that stood out that's new, and you can probably expand on this, Bold Eagle, the trotter. There's quite a few bold eagles in the catalogue. Yeah, so we're, we're very lucky. Um, it's the first time we've had a son of Reddy Cash, who the ill-fated Reddy Cash, who you know I think almost had a, a state funeral in France. He was that uh, he was that well known and well liked up there. He was one of the best size. He's down here now, um, and uh, we've chosen a lot of the 
better breeders, I suppose you'd call them, the more commercial breeders have chosen to go to him. So we're very, very lucky to have some extremely well-bred bold eagles going through the sale. What mm. about some of the well-known people in harness racing in Australasia that have been wandering, wandering around there in the past couple of days looking at some of these? In relation, just looking at the horses? Yeah, some of the, well, the, the big names in harness racing that are there potentially going to buy some of these over the week or so. Oh, We've got we've got them all there, you know. Um, we've had Jean, as we talked about Jean Feast before. She 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 shows plenty of interest. She's been out to New Zealand on two different occasions looking at horses. Um, you've got the, the Mark Purdens of the world, the Barry Purdens, the Cranbell Gettys. That you know the list does go on and on. Um, so we're very very lucky uh, to have the inference we have in our sales. But look, it's it's probably not um, not uh, unsurprising when you look at the res- the results, you know for. Our oldest graduates are five, and we've claimed 59 Group 1 wins from our graduates and 148 states wins, so there is good enough reason to be there. All right. Tell me this, Cam. Uh, I know you wheel the, the, the gavel over there, so how's the throat? Uh, are you ready to go for a big week next week? Oh, you know, I've, I was lucky enough. I had a couple of weeks warm-up for Thoroughbreds over here, so I've had a wee lit-up, and I'm, I'm good to go again. Okay. Are you looking forward to it, though? Definitely, always do. It's my Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, where yeah. do we find information? If if we've got listeners out there that are tuning in now, where do we go? Where's the best spot to find all the information about these sales coming up? If you head to www.nzbstandardbred.co.nz, you'll have everything there: the pedigrees, updates, photos, videos. Uh, you can register to bid there. Register to appoint an agent, you can uh, register the bid online. We have all those facilities available. So really the, the website is your uh, your fountain of knowledge. And the dollar is very similar at the moment, isn't it, with Australia? It is. So, you know, more, more reason to, all more reason to. Excellent. Hey, Cam, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Uh, go well Sunday and I uh, hope it continues down there in Christchurch Tuesday, Wednesday. Hey, thanks, boys. Pleasure to talk. Just uh, tell, we've been practising. We've got ads running, of course, at the moment. They say Karaka. How do you say it correctly? Well, if you're from the North Island, you normally say Karaka. If you're from the South Island, you call it Karaka. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> that easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good on you, Cam. See you later. Cam Bray. There's Cam Bray. That, that's mm. a wonderful sale, Steve. All the best sires are there. Better's Delight, Captain Treacherous, Always Be Mickey, Art Major. And then you've got these new sires like Captain Crunch down by the seaside. And Bold Eagle, he's a fascinating horse. Uh, he was a, a world champion trotter, and there's quite a few spread amongst the sales. So whether you like paces or trotters, that sale caters for everything. So Sunday, Caracas, and then Tuesday and Wednesday down in Christchurch. It's a big week over mm. there in New Zealand. Chris, just looking at Don't Stop Dreaming, Better's Delight, of course, the side. The, the damn start dreaming. She was talented. She won six, but she was a Roan mare, it says here, yeah. by American Ideal. Roan. Yeah, she was an outstanding mare. Barry Purden trained her. And I reckon if you ask Barry, he, he would have that mare... Uh, in his top three as far as certainly mares, but probably in the top five horses. Never saw the best of her, but she was a, a fantastic race mare, and it's no surprise to see her leaving a couple of really nice ones uh, spearheaded by Don't Stop Dreaming. She was a Menangle winner too before she retired. Mm. Oh, she was a terrific mare. Mm, Robin Dundee, I think. Matty Young's with us from WA. He'd know Steve Lavar. He's with us. Matty, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. 
Hey, we were just talking with Junior earlier, so uh, never-ending oh, no. is locked in for the Eureka. So no surprise, but um, it, it's going to be interesting. And as we just spoke with uh, Junior, Justin Prentice is very meticulous. So this could be a, a, a danger sign to his rivals that he's got all this time to plot and plan the path that he wants to take to get him there. Yeah, that's right. For him to uh, lock it in, that uh, usually means that he's got a plan in place. And, um, yeah, as mentioned, he's very meticulous and he likes to uh, plan everything down to uh, each run, trial. And we've just yeah, seen what he can do in the past. And he's just a very good horse trainer, very good placement of horses. So looking forward to seeing uh, what he's got in store in the plans for never ending but uh, yeah it's, it's great to see him picked up and of course um soho standard is picking him up and um they've got a great affiliation with uh, justin's father kim so yeah it's 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 really good to see and rob watson's got a great uh, wa flavor as well so um i think uh, it's it's going to be exceptional to see here for wa pacing to uh, see Never Ending over in the Eastern States and we've got a representative really early. Yeah, absolutely. So he's not yet secured for the Nullarbor. So is that a shock or is that a surprise that he hasn't been picked up as yet or is it just a little bit of a wait-and-see approach? Oh, I think there's just a few uh, little uh, little bits to be confirmed. But I, I would say he's going to be picked up in the Nullarbor. It's just a matter of who is going to take him. Um, I think there's a couple of deals that are trying to be struck with him right now. So um, that one's probably been a little bit more tricky. I would say that the Soho Standard Bread's never-ending uh, deal was has been a long-term in the making because from reports that I've had is that they were looking at him last year. So um, no doubt they've kept in contact and wanted to snap him up nice and early. So... Uh, I can understand that one, and over here, there's probably a bit of a bidding war going on to try and get him for the big one over here in WA. Understandable. Uh, so we've got Magnificent Storm, Spirit of St. Louis locked away. We're expecting Never Ending to be there. Grant Dixon, we spoke with him on radio over here earlier in the week, and he said that there was interest from WA about um, getting Leap to Fame over there, and he said Kevin Seymour, the owner's been approached. So it's on the table. Grant was leaning more towards... Cambridge because logistically he thinks that trip is easier but I tell you what if you could get him over there that would be a coup. It would absolutely be a coup. Uh, he's probably one of the best paces we've seen in um, potentially the last decade so uh, yeah he's he would be uh, unbelievable to see here in WA but yeah listening to that interview I think I can I can feel that they're swaying more to New Zealand so uh yeah, I'd love to see him here, and hopefully they do come here, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up just yet. It, it, it's a good test for those in the uh, the sales side of the business over there. If you put a good pitch to, to Kevin Seymour, you might just sway him. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, um, it, it all depends on how good at wheeling and dealing they are, and uh, a few yeah. of the slots have probably already got horses that they're looking at, and I, I think a lot of people probably went in with their slots thinking that he was unattainable. So, uh, yeah, if they've thrown out a pitch, then um, gaining some interest, then maybe they're trying to move some uh, move some marbles around and try and get everything in order. But, yeah, it does look a little bit tricky. How's the heat prediction for the weekend, Matt? Bloody hot. 
it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, what no have we got today? Yeah, it's 41 today, uh, 41 on Sunday, 40 on Monday, 39 on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not very pleasant here in WA at the moment. It's um, it's unrelenting at this stage. Well, we know they've changed some things with the gallops. What about the harness meetings? Well, Bunbury's got a Saturday meeting. So, as it stands, the two meetings on the weekend. Friday is only going to be 30, so Gloucester Park will be fine. Saturday's down at Bunbury. It's on the coast, um, so it's normally a little bit cooler, and it's only going to be 35. So, down in Bunbury is probably likely 32, and by the time the meeting starts, probably low 30s at that stage. So, that meeting will be fine. We've got nothing on Sunday. Uh, Monday, oh, and Friday is also Albany as well. And Albany, if um, it gets hot in Albany, then that's miraculous if that happens. But um, yeah, then we've got Pinjarra Monday. I think there's talks about Pinjarra being moved to the Wednesday. It drops down to 29 degrees. So they might make that call reasonably early. But uh, yeah, so apart from that, I don't think we're going to lose a meeting this weekend. Pinjarra is probably the only one that's in jeopardy. And it might just be a smart move to to shift it now and guarantee that we're racing on a cooler day on the Wednesday. Okay, so it's a later start time again tomorrow night. Just looking at it, it's a good card, 10 races. So is that a little bit later than normal uh, race one tomorrow night, 5.54 local time? Yeah, in the summer normally we have uh, about a 5.20 start, uh, 5 o'clock start. Um, so I think they've just planned. It was going to be hot today and normally it rolls over into tomorrow so I think they've just planned and been a little bit more on the cautious side like last week was placed that way to be away from the heat so um, I think they're just a little bit cautious because it has been just ridiculously hot over here for the last few weeks and as we can see it's not really letting up. All right. Well, it's a good card tomorrow night. Plenty of quality spread across that meeting. The main race is race five, Lord Mayor's Cup. Who takes this race? Uh, that's a very good question and one that deserves an answer and uh, could reserve the right to answer that until about 10 past eight tomorrow at local time. <laughs> um, it's really tough. Yeah, Tricky Mickey returns and uh, he won the Golden Nugget last time out. Uh, Ideal Agent's a very good horse. Monty Ronaldo's a good horse, but he's got a tricky draw. Jaws of Lincoln, we still need to find out how good he is. Minstrel is racing, I think, career best. Swing Band's so talented. Penny Tiger's got his perfect draw. It's just it's a field full of uh, horses that are going really well and a clash of a lot of form lines, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I haven't really got a, a firm opinion in the race. I'm leaning towards tipping Penny Tiger on an each-way basis. Uh, he's always been one of mine, as you boys know. And mm. I just thought he might get a good run, and he could be around about that $16 mark and $3 replace. And I think I'm happy to be on him on an each way basis in that because if the gaps come, I can see him storming home. Okay, that's race five, number 10, Penny Tiger, each way. Where is your best bet tomorrow night? Yeah, a few uh, races where there could be some shorties. Uh, mm. I quite like race one, number five, Franco Ecuador, for. Soho Standardbreds. Uh, I think this horse can uh, bounce off his first win really well. He's a really talented type and I just think there's a potential chance he could run to the top here. And um, So it's up in the air a little bit, but he could be around about that $250, $3 mark in this race. And 
if he gets to the top, I think uh, I think he'll win the race, and I can just see him being able to work his way to the lead. So, race one, number five, nice and early, Franco Ecuador. Beautiful. We'll get the cash and run. So, race one, number five, Franco Ecuador in that first there at Gloucester Park. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. Stay cool, stay hydrated. We'll talk again next week. Cheers, guys.